Well, where you at? Where you at? <laughs> episode one. Three. <laughs> Usually we episode get a, one episode three. number. Episode one three. Um, welcome back. Welcome back. Let's welcome ourselves back because we've been gone. <laughs> we ain't been gone that long. I know it's a slight hiatus. Yeah, we're we're not trying not to have as many of those anymore. Sorry, guys. Uh, not sorry. Okay. Yes, we are. <laughs> Let me start with a story. I got a quick story. Uh, welcome, welcome back, Harlan. Welcome, U.S. Welcome our foreign visitors as well. Quick story. Quick, visitors. really quick story. Yesterday, I'm in my apartment, and I'm just minding my own business, and then I get a knock at the door. What time Nobody, was it? I, ooh, 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 let me set that groundwork. Let me set that groundwork. It is around, I want to say around 4 Maybe 5 p.m. Oh, okay. I was about to say, it must have been those Jehovah Witnesses passing out those awake. Nope. Let me finish. <laughs> let me finish. Nope. Too late for that. Let me, yeah. let me set this up. All right. So, it's 4 or 5 p.m. And get a knock on the door. Nobody has texted me. Nobody has buzzed me. Although, let me be clear. Somebody did actually buzz, but I didn't respond to the buzz because nobody had texted me before. Normally, if somebody like is coming into my place, they're texting or they're calling beforehand. Mm-hmm. That's normal, though. Yeah. People don't just show up unannounced like that, really. So the bu- somebody tried to buzz. I didn't buzz them in. That same person, I guess, decides to come all the way up, knocks on my door repeatedly. And I'm like, I'm not even moved to go to the door. I'm like, they'll just go away. It's whatever. Because I don't know you. Does not stop. Rings the doorbell, knocks. Do-do-do-do. This goes on for around two, three minutes. I'm like, yo, what? I peek out of the hole. There is two Mexican gentlemen just there, speaking Spanish to one another. First thought goes through my mind. Drug cartel. No. <laughs> no. I, I, normally, the Mexican gentlemen that walk through uh, here are actually working on one of the one of the rooms. That's what they do. They'll like actually uh, do the construction. However, in this case... They ain't in construction clothes. They in regular street clothes. And I'm confused. So I'm not answering. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know you. Okay. They go away. Eight minutes later, they come back Aww. speaking more Spanish to one another. More Spanish. <laughs> knocking on the door again. I still don't respond. I don't answer. I don't do anything. That's freaky. All right. Here's where the story gets great. Because I, I go away. I get another buzz 20 minutes later. Of course I don't buzz this person in. I guess that person decides to come up too. Now there are three Mexican gentlemen outside oh, hell of my no. apartment. I'd be freaked out. I want to ask you, in that situation, what would you do? Wait, wait, wait. Can you go into what you did? No, no, no. I want to hear exactly. my answer. No, I want to hear exactly what you did. Okay. What would you do in that scenario? For anyone who doesn't know, Law and I live in the same complex. Not the same building, but the same complex. So right. in order to get into our apartment complexes, you have to buzz in the lobby. And then if someone buzzes you up or you walk in behind someone else who has a, a key fob, then the next step is to go up to whatever floor and then, you know, knock on the door or whatever. That situation has actually happened to me. Um, but it wasn't three Mexican men. It was a... 
I don't know what her nationality was, woman. And she was banging on my door. And at first she had buzzed and I didn't let her through because I didn't know who it was. And then she was banging on my door, ring my doorbell repeatedly. And then I thought she was going to go away, but then she came back too. Okay. And what I did was I answered the door. Ooh. Because at that point, I'm like, I don't even know you. So what could possibly happen? I mean, you're a woman. Did you actually answer the door? Or did you, did you did, by answer the door, I mean, did you open the yeah, door? Yeah, I opened the door. I didn't say, who is it? Through the door, I opened the door. See, I, I don't understand. That's not taking proper precautions. So, well, I was risking it. Let's just yeah. say that. So I opened the door and she was like, oh, I'm sorry. She's like, this is, uh, she said my apartment number. I'm like, yeah. And she was just like, oh, I'm looking for blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, you have the wrong apartment number. And then she's like, oh, is this building such and such? I'm like, no, this is building the building that I live in. She realized that she was in the wrong building. So she was <laughs> trying to get in touch with someone at the, she had the right apartment number, but she had the wrong building. And for anyone who doesn't know, our complex, all the buildings look exactly alike. It's just like seven buildings right next to each other. So you, so to anyone who's never been to our buildings, they can easily get confused, and it happens all the time, where people think that they're in one building and they're they're actually at an, in another. So then taking so okay. So it worked out in my favor. Or she would have just kept all right, all right. buzzing my apartment, like and I would have been freaked out. I like, see where you're at right now. I see where you're at right now. Right. Because here is my approach. All right. I go over to the door. I'm not opening the door, cause no, no, that's not how I'm set up. Well, yeah, there's three guys outside. So I just different. I just say, how can I help you? And the guy goes, oh, weren't you expecting a delivery? What? What are you delivering? Yourself? Because you ain't got no package through the people. (laughs) You have no package through the people. It's just three of y'all now. And it's about to multiply to five if I don't answer this door. That's odd. And then you say, no, I wasn't. So then what happens? I legit just say, nah, you must have the wrong apartment. I, I I don't got no packages. No, nothing. So he just goes, oh, okay. 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 All of a sudden, you speak English. Well, and yeah. then they walk the away as a... Hold on. Because all they've been doing up, up in that point is just only speaking Spanish to one another. And then in that moment, he goes back to that. And then they walk away as a group. Uh-huh. And they start speaking Spanish to each other again. Uh-huh. And hovering. And I'm like... Well, most Latino people, if... if if Spanish is their first language, when they get around other people whose Spanish is their first language, they feel most comfortable speaking that language. Mm-hmm. Think about it like when a girl goes get, to get her nails done. It's like, oh my gosh, we're trying to record a podcast here for crying out loud. <laughs> Some emergency outside, guys. This is Harlem. Um, but it's just like when I go get my nails done, they'll speak English to me because they know I don't speak Taiwanese Okay. or Korean or... I can't even focus right now because somebody's <laughs> dying outside. We sorry about this. In guy. every episode, we have at least one siren. I hear it, but this is just excessive. Okay, um, so then what happens after that? They finally go away after like a few minutes of hovering, mm-hmm. and it was in that moment I'm like, you know, whatever happens, happens now. Oh shoot! You're like, if I die, <laughs> I, I die. <laughs> no, I was told specifically by somebody I know that I should have called the cops. But why? Yeah, what are you going to say? They didn't exactly. do anything wrong. Exactly. Like, what am I calling the cops for? And and I I don't feel like the cops should be called for every situation when nothing's actually transpired. I agree. But I will say this on the other end. I think to say that 
to ask a question like, are you expecting the delivery? That's not how delivery people are. <laughs> like, it's not, are you expecting delivery? They normally like, oh, is blah, blah, blah here? Or something like that. Like, you don't know the name of this place. So you, you feel like it was a setup. Something. Yeah. And do you feel like the setup was for you or was for whoever would fall into that setup? I think whoever would have been falling into that setup. I, I've seen an episode of Power before. Damn. I know how this works. So it worked out for me. You know, well, I'm like still how, alive, so clearly know, no, it worked I mean, out for me. No, I too. mean, me answering the door worked out for me, whereas for you, it probably would have not worked out the same way because this sounds all around just, just I don't know, sketch. Yeah, I don't want to say sketch. We yeah, don't say we sketch. We did it on purpose. I did it on purpose. <laughs> it sounds sketchy. Yeah, we're in a sketchy neighborhood. My thing is, if you're delivering something, you need to have a package in your hand first of all, and act like you're actually delivering something, and then you need to wear a certain uniform. Oh, and then that's you don't need thing. to multiply people when you're delivering right. something. Like you start off with two, and now it's three. But one of my boys said maybe they were delivering like a couch, and you just weren't answering. Oh, I can I can see that. Because what they do first is they make sure that you're there, and they go back down and get it. Yeah, that, that could be the case. He said maybe, like that, maybe that's thing. what was happening. That's a that's a nice way of thinking of that situation. Here we are all freaked out. And they're just trying to deliver you a couch for free because you didn't order one. <laughs> when we put this couch? You better sell that on Amazon, <laughs> eBay, or something. Can't fit another couch in there. <laughs> all right, let's get into the topics. I just wanted to at least go <laughs> over that. Uh, that was our Harlem story of the day. Oh, God. <laughs> With the sirens and all. Yeah, that made it a true Harlem story. <laughs> I paid them to drive by as you were telling the story. Ah, <laughs> oh, I couldn't wait. Hype or good night. Hype or good night, y'all. Mm. Let, let's start with uh, our first topic, and I want I want our first topic to be around our good friend Kevin Hart. I want to start. Whose friend with, is that? I want to start with Kevin Hart. Okay. I really do. Um, Kevin Hart just released an apology, um, and he did the apology based on potentially being extorted. I would love to know. Hyper good night around Kevin Hart's apology to his fans and his wife yeah, he and his family. He didn't apologize to his fans. He apologized to his wife and his kids. And he didn't say what he was apologizing for. It was a it was for a situation that he put himself in that wasn't looking good and he knew it wasn't good, but he didn't want someone to get financial gain off of it, so that's why he came forward. Um, I'm a good night that clearly I'm good nighting that. Um, why? Because it, it, first of all, Kevin Hart, it was a little bit, uh, questionable about how him and Aniko got together and the time frame of oh, everything yeah. Oh, yeah, right in the right. first place. You know, everyone said she was the side chick. She even admitted to being the side chick when she tried to check, uh, Tori Hart or a fan on something. And um, she was she claimed that she was a side chick that stuck, and that's why Tori Hart has so much bitterness towards her. But my thing is, how you get them is how you lose them, hunty. And if you were the main side chick, and then you got your man, and now you're married, having his baby, trust and believe. You think he's gonna learn from that situation and change his ways? Don't think so. Secondly, there was that video that came out that we spoke about in an earlier episode. And, you know, he looked like he was in a compromising situation where there's the girl in the car and they're facing each other. And I was, I kind of brushed it off because I'm just like, you can't really tell what's happening. So I'm not going to say that it is or isn't one thing. But my thing is, if the reason why you're apologizing is because 
you don't want to get caught in a different way, yeah. that's where I have an issue with it. You're not apologizing because you feel bad for what you did and the guilt is just, you know, riding your back every day and you really feel bad as a person for what you did to your wife and your kids and your unborn child. But you're apologizing because you're afraid that someone else is going to expose you in a certain way that makes you look guilty because you are. And then so does that get money he, off of it. Does he care more about being extorted in his money than he oh, does the sanctity of, of marriage? Of course. We would have never got this apology on IG without that woman who was trying to extort him. And trust and believe, yeah. this is one time that he possibly got caught. So he just decided to um, beat the girl to the punch. You can't extort me if I confess myself. Well, can I give my opinion? Go ahead. I have two opinions. I'm hyped. I am hype about this for two reasons. Mm -hmm. One, I actually feel like this is going to translate into this comedy yet again. And two, because I don't even like this comedy at all. Mm -hmm. So give me more stories of infidelity. I'm going to be happy to hear. But number two, this just proves Kevin Hart's not black because black men don't cheat. There That's it is. Who? There it is. Black men don't who cheat. Said that black Kevin men don't Hart's cheat? not black. We, we're done. We're done. That's it. This whole black men don't cheat thing we don't. will be a main topic in one of our upcoming episodes. They don't cheat. They don't. All right. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> ladies, I, ladies, I got you on this. And then in our upcoming episode when we address this, I got you on this. They don't. <laughs> All right. So next topic. Now, transitioning from that with a lot of celebrities doing a lot of different contributions. Uh, and Kevin Hart being one of them. He actually started a challenge on Instagram calling out a lot of his celeb friends. Along with people like J.J. Watt, who's actually an NFL player. Um, it calls into question how celebrities are handling the contributions to the latest natural disasters. Mm -hmm. Are you hype or good night to the way that they've been handling these things? You go first. My initial thought of this is any way that you can actually raise money and help, I am always going to be for that. So this is a big hype for me that they're expanding it using social media. Um, the only thing that I really want to see from them is even more transparency, which is what a lot of people have been talking about, including, of all people, Chameleon there, who's recently on TMZ talking about this stuff. Mm. Um, he wants to show where the money goes when he's doing all these things. Like, it's going directly to this person. It's going there. Like, you're using the Red Cross and you're using all these different entities, but they don't normally break down these things as to where they go. And then by the time you actually get a hold of information, like what happened in Haiti, you find out that not enough of the money at all, or if any, went to anybody or anything to help Haiti. Mm -hmm. So I don't want those things to ha happen, but the more awareness and the more money that you can actually garner, and if social media is the way that you choose to do it, I am always going to be hyped for that. So I appreciate all of them. So that's my stance. I, I, I agree to a certain extent, and I even saw an interview with the head of the Red Cross where they actually asked her, how much of the proceeds go to the actual disasters that people are intending them to go to. And she didn't even know that breakdown. So that's, that's, that's the reason horrible. why the Red Cross was getting a bad name during horrible. this whole thing. Um, I will life. hype night this thing. Oh, here we go. I am all for... A hype night is an agree and disagree yeah, at the same time. Yeah, I, I agree with some so parts and I disagree with some parts. I am all for anyone challenging anyone to step up to the plate and help out others when needed, especially if they have the capacity to do so. But the way that Kevin Hart did it, I didn't necessarily agree with it, where he named his celebrity friends and he started this challenge 
um, or continued this IG challenge of naming his celebrity friends and challenged them to each donate 25K. And of course he named friends of his that were like in the know. So they all have money, they're all in the industry and they're all famous to a certain extent. My thing is, it is not up to you to determine what someone else should, should dig in their pockets for to donate. So that's where I, I goodnight it. I, I say I commend you, Kevin, for challenging your friends to step up to the plate, but you should not be the determining factor of how much they are going to donate because at the end of the day, whether or not someone's famous, whether or not someone seems like they're doing well, you really don't know how much they have. And I don't think that anyone should determine how much someone should donate. Hence, Beyonce never gave an actual number of how much she donated, and no one seems to care about that, even though she's from Houston. But we know that she did something for a good cause, and that's all that people really need to know. I think once you start putting actual numbers on how much someone should donate, that takes away from the fact that they're donating in the first place. Um, I, I just disagree with you I on know. that, but that's fine. I know. That's how these hyper good nights work. Mm-hmm. All right, next on the list of hyper good night topics. So we we both live in New York City. New York City is known for having delis, bodegas, and etc. And one of the things that has kind of been talked about in not only the tech industry but as a whole in news is around how these two ex Google employees are creating their own quote unquote bodega for just any any entity that wants to store in their complex and essentially what that could potentially do is make corner stores obsolete so hyper good night to the ex googlers bodega idea you go you start <clears throat> um i'm a good night this whoa <laughs> So the, when I first found out about this, I I heard the first thing that I found out about was the backlash towards the idea, and a lot of people felt like this idea was trying to make actual bodegas obsolete and take away from the jobs that ha- that people have created for themselves and, and building a family business and creating a bodega. Um, but the thing about it is, th- they've gotten so much investment, and I actually read this whole blog from one of the Googlers that created this. And they're trying to answer some frequently asked questions since the the backlash came to them. And they were basically saying that they weren't trying to appropriate and they realized that there was backlash because people thought that that they were. Um, They claimed that they did some some research and they spoke to New Yorkers and branding people on how they were running their business and conducting their startup. And they felt like maybe it was clear that they they weren't asking these people the right questions. my thing is this, I don't know why you're creating this eight foot shelving unit with random items in it for people that may not have access to these things otherwise, because that's what vending machines are for. Okay, so she just <laughs> provided proper context on that, and I'm sorry that yeah. I didn't give it to you. Essentially what their bodega idea is, is placing kind of, it's not a vending machine exactly, it's not. It's an eight foot shelving unit that has random items in it and is catered to the specifics of the type of people that are in that environment. So Uh so they're putting these things in like college campuses and apartment complexes and um, other places where they don't have, these people may not have access to like an actual bodega. Um, I think it's a cute idea. I think that if it was something that was on Shark Take, it would have been 
um, voted against? Because to me, I, I ask, what is the difference between this and a vending machine? Is this, are they going to sell tampons? Are they going to sell pads along with Gatorade? And how are they, how are they going to figure out what they should put in these in these containers? And what is the difference between this and a vending machine? So can I jump in? Now? Go ahead. I want to hype this all day because I'm all for efficiencies. I'm all for new advancements in technology. So hype to the ex-Googlers for creating something that actually makes your life more efficient. And so that you don't have to actually have a bodega near you. You don't have to have something that's open for 24 hours if you don't live in a neighborhood that has it. Uh, give me something where if in the middle of the night I want to do some laundry and I don't have some 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 kind of laundry soap, I can just go down there and, oh, here's $5, new laundry soap. Who this? I don't see an issue with that. I don't know why anybody wouldn't see an issue with making things more efficient, but apparently Avia doesn't like change at all. Oh, so, really? We're just going to okay. generalize and say that That's about what me? that feels like. No, I like change. I just don't see the thing, the, the reason for redundant um, businesses. Maybe not in New York City, but maybe you can find it, find use for it in other cities. Maybe. My thing is, you know, maybe I have to see exactly how they, they cater to the market. I mean, they're claiming that they're going to cater to the market in a way where they're going to do research and figure Absolutely. out what they should put in each one. And if so, awesome. cool. But I think the initial, I think the initial backlash was that they were going to put these, these bodegas or these little cabinets in places where they weren't needed and in that case is like that it becomes redundant you don't need an extra service when you already have something in your own neighborhood and here's the problem with me saying what i'm saying and i know people will tend to lean towards me saying i'm a capitalist to this extent which i'm not i'm just i just understand efficiencies um the the premise of this making corner stores obsolete actually doesn't even play into my mindset because like an actual corner store an actual deli has a lot more to offer than just those quote unquote vending machine and they items mentioned that, that you're too, talking about. And they're Q&A. Um, so that's why I'm not too worried about no, it. No, so I'm not worried about that either. I just that. I just think that it's we already have something like that. But agree right. to disagree on that too. Yeah, a lot of agree <laughs> to disagree today. That's what we do. All right. Uh, that closes Hyper Good Nights for today. But now we're introducing a new segment that we would like to call Black Card Revoked. <laughs> now, if you don't know what that means. Uh, play on the card game, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, lot of, a lot of black people tend to uh, point out their black card whenever they, whenever they bring up race on any issue. Well, in this segment, we focus on exposing the things about ourselves that might get our black card revoked. So, today, Avi is going to expose to the world one of those things that may reduce or give a point against her on her black card. Because yes. just like a license, you know how you have five points and you can't go over that? <laughs> this is one of her first points. I have more than five points, so I'm probably not even black. It doesn't really help that I'm light-skinned, guys. Um... <laughs> So the thing, this probably caters more to black women than, than black people in general, but I will say that my black card would be revoked because I don't know the words to the women's part in Nuck If You Buck. Oh, come on. So when the song comes, for anyone that knows. How do I know it and you okay, don't know Okay, then you're more of a black woman than me. What am I going to do about that? What are you doing? Like, okay. When the song comes on in the club or wherever we are, 
Once it gets to the women's part, I'm real slick about it. So they be like, we knocking, it bucket, everybody in fight. It's you ain't nothing nice. So that's all I know, right? So in between all the words, what I'll do is I'll do like a real slick lip reading. And I'll see everyone else and see how their lips are moving and I'll match that. And then I'll be knucking and bucking with my fist in front of my mouth so no one can see that I'm not actually like saying the words to make it seem like I'm in on it and I know. No, you got one or two <laughs> things you need to do right away. You need to not go to Rap Genius right now before the next time you go no, to a I club. Or you need to go to YouTube and get the lyrics version uh, and you need to understand look, these I've words gotten before by, you go out. I've gotten by for like a good 14 years or however long the song came out. I've gotten by with just doing that. She went to an HBCU sure and does did. not know the words to this I song. I surely did. Help her, America. It wasn't part of my assignment. <laughs> and I still graduated. <laughs> yes, I did. With my BFA. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. you all over the place, Yeah, baby. so I, I, I'm revoking my own black card for that. Um, will I learn the lyrics? Probably not. That is a huge strike. I, I don't know how... <laughs> This song has been out since at minimum 2003. I know. At minimum. I know. At I mi- said 14 years. I've gotten by. Ooh. So what's the point of learning the lyrics now? It's like, Ooh. whatever. Ooh. But my thing is, whenever they play the song, we're always in a club or somewhere dark. So no one can see that I don't really know what anyone's saying. Obviously, just over here cheating the music. She Yo, just, I she's straight putting her, up. her fist to her palm. <laughs> I'm just knucking and bucking. <laughs> You know the beginning and like key parts of a song, you, you can skate on by. No, what? no, I've told y'all my secret now. So, if any of y'all, I'm giving her the color purple fingers till you do right by me. I'm sorry, no, I'm you, sorry. you got to do better. You I'm got good. to do better. I'm good. There's other songs that I know that other people don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually disappointed, like, genuinely, genuinely disappointed because I didn't know you did. You've been faking it that long. The fact that you didn't know means that I'm doing a good job. Because I know we've been at parties together. <laughs> That's why I'm disappointed. You are the worst. Worst. <laughs> y'all, I don't know what to tell you. I, I really don't know what to tell y'all. So um, that's an example of... Uh, Something wow. that would get your black card revoked, guys. I think uh, every week that we do this, genuinely. you're going to learn more and more about how black we aren't. <laughs> I'm so mad at you. I right really now. put myself out there with this one. Um, how, how did you mask this for so long? I don't know. I don't know either. I went to school for acting. I'm a great actress. What can I say? See, my degree did help. You know. <laughs> On behalf of all the black people that actually know that song throughout, I want to tell you, you are not sitting at the table when this song comes on. You are not in the club with us when this song comes on. You go sit down somewhere. You go sit somewhere. And I'm going to tell, and I know there's people out there that are in the same boat as me. And for all y'all that have made it this far without knowing the words, salute. You're not going to salute Ain't nobody saluting back. Salute. I salute you. There is nobody saluting back. Because no one knew. No one knew. God. God. I'm I'm mad. He doesn't even know who he's sitting next to anymore. No, I don't. I feel like I lost you right now. I'm here. I genuinely do. I'm the same person. No, you're Casper to me right now. Ever since you've met me, I haven't known the words. I'm the same person. No. No. All right. Well, there's that. I'm, I'm... 
That just brought down the whole tone of it. It did. <laughs> like, I don't even want to continue this show. We're done. Very good. PG. All right. Back, back to the subjects. So, a lot of that has happened over the past week. One of the weeks. One of the big things that took place, though, specifically, was what happened on September 11th. And we're not talking about 9-11. We're not talking about that. Um, we're specifically talking about what Jamel Hill said on Twitter that could have potentially gotten her fired. Um, and for those of you that don't know the background on that, Jamel Hill uh, actually works with uh, Michael Smith on a show called The Six on ESPN. And they also used to host a show called The His and Hers Show, as well as a podcast also called His and Hers. Uh, Jamel Hill is a Michigan State grad. I am I am a fan of hers, but what she did ruffled a lot of feathers this past week. And let me just go in on this tweet a little bit. I just want to give some context as to what took place. Initially, Jamel Hill quoted a tweet from uh, The Hill, which is a publication that said, Kid, Kid Rock accuses media of labeling him a racist, says he loves black people and uh, <laughs> as he's I trying, have a to, black tease, dog. I as he's trying black to tease people. out his Senate bill. <clears throat> she responds to that tweet by saying he loves black people so much that he pandered to racists by using a flag that unquestionably stands for dehumanizing black people. Specifically, the Confederate flag is what she's talking about. Now... From there, she gets into a back and forth discussion with a bunch of different uh, people online. And then eventually that leads her to say, Donald Trump is a white supremacist who has largely surrounded himself with other white supremacists. That started not only a media storm at ESPN via their own uh, people, but then that created a larger sphere that went to the CNN Avenue, the MSNBC, the Fox News. Every single news station covered this in some way. And then the White House jumped in on it. Our friend Huckabee, and I'm going to call her a friend because she happens to be the press secretary, uh, specifically stated that she, that ESPN should seek to fire her basically they said it was a fireball offense yes and then from there uh she doubled down on that actually when talking talking about it again by saying uh espn needs to have stricter guidelines around this stuff because they let uh linda Cohn go for less basically now right after that donald trump ends up sending out a tweet because he's donald trump espn is paying a really big price for it's paying a really big price for its politics and bad programming. People are dumping it in record numbers. Apologize for untruth is what he says. Now, I want to address a couple of things in this. Mm -hmm. First, let me address Donald Trump's part in that, what he just said. Um, the ESPN, people are dumping it in record numbers. That's not true. The, 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 the politics part of it is not why... People have been dumping ESPN and people haven't been dumping ESPN that way. What really happened is after hitting a peak of more than 100 million subscribers in 2011, um, cord cutting started becoming a lot more prominent, not only amongst millennials, but also amongst adults over the ages of 40. Um, so then ESPN's viewership 
then took a hit as every other cable network took a hit. Um, ESPN specifically lost 13 million followers as a result. Well, I shouldn't call them followers, I should call them subscribers. Subscriber numbers uh, remain stagnant. Uh, subscriber numbers remaining stagnant just wouldn't have been the case in any capacity with core cutting. Um, the only thing that they could do is what they've been doing, and that's transferring more things over to being more online centric. Meaning, then they have the Watch ESPN app, and you can get that anywhere from PlayStation to Xbox, etc. So that's just a fallacy. That's just not true. And they've done things to cut out employees that were redundant roles, as any company would. So that's not the issue. Core cutting is a larger portion of the issue. Now, as far as uh, Mrs. Huckabee speaking up and saying that somebody should be fired, the White House should never, ever, ever, ever address uh, not only a public citizen, but another business's employees to say that they should be let go. Because can you imagine Obama saying any of the Fox News anchors should be let go? Like Bill O'Reilly, for instance. Um, can you imagine how many people would have came after Obama for doing that same thing? Now, to address the, the bigger thing in the room for me, the Jamel Hill's comments, I would like to ask you, just even just from a work environment standpoint alone, under contract, she's not allowed to make political statements at all, whether it be on her Twitter or anything of that nature. They're not supposed to really talk politics. That's not, they're not allowed to do that. And she did that. Do you think that she's wrong for doing that? Um, I don't know. I'm really, I don't know. I'm really, I'm really good at standing on one stance or another, but I, I guess I'm kind of torn in between this. I don't want to say she's wrong because I agree with her. So I'm trying not to let my biasness affect my answer. Um, she was speaking on her own platform, yes. And she does have over 600K followers. But I, I would like to believe the reason why she has as many followers is because of what she does for ESPN. Um, so in a way, it is a little bit interconnected, you know? The people that, that watch her on ESPN, of course, are gonna end up following her because they wanna see her next moves and they're interested in what she has to say. Um, I think that in this particular case, I wouldn't say ESPN needs to fire her, but that's my own opinion on it. Um, I think she was doing something under her own page and she was responding to something that had nothing to do with Trump to begin with, but she was making a point. Um, I don't know, I'm a little bit torn between it. I, I don't think that- From a business standpoint, your bosses say you can't do X, Y, Z mm -hmm. if you're under contract. And then you break, not only do you break, but you go beyond that by speaking directly about the president in a public forum. Mm -hmm. And you're saying that's okay. I'm trying to separate my bias for what she said and agreeing to that from what's considered okay and not okay based off of her contract. Okay. What do you think? I don't think it is okay that she said what she said publicly at all. I don't. Mm. I'm not going to condone that. If she was to get suspended for it, you should be suspended. Like, if that's the repercussion that needs to happen, that's what it should But happen. what do you think about her getting fired for it? Do I think she should be fired? No. I don't think she should be fired okay. unless she habitually does it. Hence, the other examples that. that have happened 
where people keep comparing her to people like Linda Cohn and people like uh, Kurt Schilling. Now, Linda Cohn was actually reprimanded for something different. Linda Cohn was reprimanded because specifically you're not supposed to talk about the business when you're on other entities. She talked about the business. Mm -hmm. She said, I feel like we're losing subscribers because we are a little left-leaning and we have brought in politics. I feel like that's why we're losing business. Mm. And she did that multiple times. No, it's not because she did it multiple times. She did. She literally did the thing that you literally are not allowed to do. So she got sent home for that. And there was a day and she was suspended for that day. Okay, but she wasn't fired. Okay. But eventually she did get let go. Eventually. And you think that that was the reason why? Or that led to the reason why she was let go? Absolutely. Because of that one time? A hundred percent. So do you think that's the that's what we could forecast being Jamel Hill's future? Potentially. Mm. There is potential for that happening. Now, Kurt Schilling, mm-hmm. on the other hand, which people keep bringing him up because now he uh, comes in willy-nilly occasionally for Fox News and he actually speaks at Fox News as a commentator. Kurt Schilling's an ex- uh, Major League Baseball player who has really conservative views. He hates Obama. And he's not only went on air multiple times about Obama and the things that he doesn't like that he's doing, that he's also talked about transgenders and the bathroom roles and all these things. And all these things are social and political issues that you're not supposed to touch on at work. Mm-hmm. Not only did he do it uh, at ESPN, but he did it on his social platforms as well. And he's a recidivist. So, of course, he got in trouble. As a recidivist, you keep doing the same thing over and over again until the company comes down and just says, okay, we've already told you once. We told you again. We told you again. We're not going to keep on telling you. And they fired him. He acts as if it was only one instance. So that's where I'm like, "Mm." now, one of the ex uh, ESPN employees actually spoke up and she's a a white girl who's no longer with the company. Uh, I can't remember her name exactly, but... She spoke up because she's a conservative and she liked a tweet that was against President Obama and got in trouble for just liking a tweet. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if she got suspended for a day or two, but I know that she got in trouble for it. And she was saying that from experience. And it's actually true. That actually happened. She's saying, at minimum, something has to happen to her because it happened to me. I agree with that. I can understand that. I, I think that if ESPN has a certain guideline that says you can't do X, Y, Z thing, yes, you should be punished, but you should punish everyone the same way for the same type of offense. I agree. So don't fire her if you just suspended other people for doing yeah. something similar. 100%. Maybe suspend her. But to fire her is is extreme. I think I have a bigger issue with the way that everyone else is responding to her. The fact that the White House press secretary even spoke about it. I know a question was asked of her, but for her to even consider it a fireable offense. Yeah. When she's working for someone Mm -hmm. who has done nothing but fireable offenses since the time that he has ran for president. Oh, like, let's not even talk about that contradiction. You should be the last person to tell anyone who should still be working at their, their company or not. Because Ooh. look at who you're representing. A hundred percent. I mean, I they don't want to talk about how Trump taunts North Korea through Twitter, which should be a fireable offense. They don't want to talk about Trump's relationship with, with Putin and how close he is to Russia and, and how much they have impacted even the... the um, they, the presidency they also don't as want to far talk as about how Trump's kids are actually in meetings that they're not supposed to be in 
I wonder how conflicts of interest all I mean, around. Yeah, I agree with you. All of a sudden, you don't own businesses because your son is running it. Okay. And yeah. your daughter is basically your first lady. Like, let's not talk about all these fireball offenses that Trump has. Let's talk about the one that ESPN has, which has no bearing on this whole presidency. It has nothing to do with it. Like, you, Trump said something faster about Jam- Jamel Hill than he did about Charlottesville. That's sad. Let's, let's, let's let that sink in. You had all the time in the world to think of what you want to say about Charlottesville. And then to say that um, there was blame on both sides. Yeah, many sides. Many sides. These fine <laughs> people. Not all, the, all of these fine people are white supremacists. And you expect us to just sit back and just take what you're saying? So I think it's a little contradicting. The way that they're treating her is a little bit contra- a lot of contradicting. When, when Trump did what he did... All it did was further the quote-unquote angry mob. Mm-hmm. And he has a mob. And once that... They're trans- called the KKK. Oh, <laughs> I didn't say that. Come on, I'm going to say it for Jamil. Since she can't... I'm going to speak for you, girl. Just tell me what you want, want me to say. Oh, my God. <laughs> there it is. No sponsorships for us. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that sparks the angry mob. And... I really want to get into the backlash part of this. And a part of the reason why the backlash is important to me, I think there is something to be said about women joining male-dominated spaces. And not only that, but black women specifically joining male-dominated spaces. And I think these things are hard. I think these things are really hard. And I don't think the average person understands how much goes into their day-to-day interactions where those same interactions wouldn't happen if they were a guy. Those same interactions wouldn't happen if they were not a minority. So with Jamel, there was a lot of people coming after her saying not only is she unpatriotic for calling the president you know, a white supremacist, but uh, as far as to say you don't even know sports because you're a woman. Which... Well, I'm sorry. The president is unpatri- unpatriotic for being attached to white supremacy. Let's touch on that. <laughs> no one wants to touch on what's actually happening. They want to touch on the person who's actually talking about what's actually happening. And that's the biggest problem. And the, what, what killed me, though, is a, a lot of the backlash turned from that to, well, as we were talking about before, you let all these people go and it's offensive. It feels like injustice is taking place. And I laughed at all of this. What's the injustice that's taking place? Hold on. Let me get to this. One of my favorite people in the world, Dan Levitard, spoke about this as not only a friend of Jamel Hill, but as a friend in the company uh, on his show. And I want to reiterate what he said. He said, okay, white people, if this is the sword you guys want to fall on to say, hey, a black person is allowed to do something that a white person isn't allowed to do, and that's unfair. If that's what you want to say, you're saying that black people are allowed to say things that you aren't allowed to say and do things that you aren't allowed to do. And that's not even necessarily true, but let's say that for the sake of this argument that that is true. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna put <laughs> that into- They don't wanna go there. Okay, we're gonna put that into context. <laughs> so he goes, if that is the case, and you're mad about this, and you're really hurt, and you can't believe that there's this kind of injustice, imagine how black people feel on the reverse when it comes to systematic oppression, Hello. the police brutality, and all the things that have happened in our system. 
And if they want to make it a race issue, we can make it a race issue. That, that's what he said. He was like, because ultimately, if this was a, a, a game of points, he's like, okay, black people have one point right now. White people have a thousand. Mm-hmm. So what are you really mad about? Exactly. And no one could say anything. What are you going to say? Because you know it's true. I agree with him 100% on his point there. Like, that backlash is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. There are things that the president has said alone, and there's no backlash from him. He is the leader of the free world, and there's no backlash. So I have a hard time believing, oh, I'm supposed to feel bad for you. and the, Oh, the injustice. I think, I think that the president's statements after Charlottesville he could have treated that situation in a completely different manner that would have changed a lot of people's minds about him. That was his opportunity to do so. But instead, I feel like he rationalized the racism. And he rationalized it by saying that there was blame or or whatever on both sides. And that, oh, these are very fine people. Not everyone's a white supremacist that was yelling uh, they will not replace us, Fact. and Jews will not replace yeah, us. He, he not everyone is a bad person. Some of these people are fathers and, and, and teachers and this and that. Okay, but do you understand the white supremacy goes across the board? It doesn't matter who you are or, or what your title is. So the once he gets to the point of rationalizing the racism, that's as bad as the racism taking place itself. So if you're not con- going to condone it, and the only way for you to condone it is to say that the blame is on the other side as well, you're not condoning anything. You're pretty much putting white supremacists and the people that are against in- racial injustice on the same platform and saying that they're both wrong when you know that one is actually wrong and right. one is actually right. And I'm glad you did that because this takes us to another piece of the conversation I want to touch on, actually. That takes us into what happened with... And she's been doing this for a while, so I don't want to I don't want to skew anything. But there is a ESPN uh, announcer, and it was her first time actually hosting uh, Monday Night Football, and the backlash toward her just doing her job was hurtful, in my opinion. And for men not to stand up to that and say that this is sexist and not get behind that woman told me everything I needed to know about where we're at in America mm. right now. Mm. Like, it is one of the most unfortunate things that I, I... I don't know. I was blown away at what was taking place with that. Um, essentially, this woman, and I don't know if you you recall her name. Do you have it? I think it was Bowen. Uh, no, it was... Uh, I'm going to tell you in a minute. It was Beth. <laughs> I don't know that's the first name. Beth um, Bowen? Beth Moen. You're Beth Moen. Yeah. Beth Moen, uh, who's been doing her job for a very long time. I think she's been doing it since the early 90s. She started off uh, covering uh, radio. She was doing radio for like almost, I want to say, 10 years. And she was doing ESPN radio and she was covering a multitude of sports. And then finally she was given the opportunity from not just covering women's sports to covering men college uh, football. A lot of guys were rubbed the wrong way by hearing a woman be a sportscaster for a football game. Mm-hmm. And then recently, she <laughs> just got the opportunity to be the first woman 
to uh, not only host like the first game of the year, but a Monday night football game. And the backlash from that and these comments that I'm reading from men, I was It was hurt. crazy. I was hurt as <laughs> a regular everyday guy and to not see anybody rebuke these things or there was no rebuttal behind it. And I was just like, where are we at today where this is the norm? Like I... There is a, a, a there's a Facebook group called uh, what Fire Beth Fire Moen. Be- <laughs> it's Fire called Beth. Fire Beth Moen. Jesus there's a full on Facebook group that started three years ago to call for her fireball offense of being a woman because <laughs> that's clearly the only offense that she has in the sports industry is that she's a woman. I th- I think the bigger issue is that there's certain things that are happening in our world today that are exposing a lot of hatred. So Trump being Trump being president has exposed so much hatred to the point where the KKK has revived itself and has and have gotten the great ideas to start these rallies and and everything against a statue being torn down and 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 then a woman tired in a supposed man's position of commentating Monday night football and it brings the hatred out. It's just exposing the hatred. So the thing about it is it's not about the hate not being there in the first place. It's, it's about the fact that the people who are the ones that are hating have always been there. Now they have a reason to expose themselves. So this is, I'm going to read a couple of these comments because I... It's first, just sad. The first one, and I'm going to go light to hard. Okay. This. And so the first <laughs> one, I just put her on mute. I can't hear this woman. The second one. Girl commenters or analysts or any of this need to stay away from the NBA, NFL, MLB, or any other major sport. Manpower. No disrespect to any woman. You can't say no disrespect in the same sentence. You just said That's manpower. That's everyone's disclaimer. Come no disrespect, on, but... <laughs> Most annoying broadcast ever, and literally, she is the absolute worst. Her voice is terrible. Okay. Here and here we go. Hold on, let me get to the one. Let me get to my favorite. Where are you? Oh, there we go. There we go. I'm pretty sure she either has a tampon in her mouth or a cock. What? So that was just great. Wow. So pretty much, I feel like guys have just made themselves look as worse as we already have been in the past. Like. I don't understand what's happening to men where we feel so emasculated for a woman just doing a regular job, but you need to get over yourself. I don't know if it's just that men don't like themselves or what, but I start asking around, I start talking to some of my guy friends about this. I'm like, why would men say these things? Because I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Did any of your friends agree with those com- comments and saying, some of them like, say, I will never watch Monday Night no, Football? Some of them she- did say her voice was a little, but they all, they don't even cared. They just said her voice in itself just wasn't... Because Doris Burke, who is another one that all of my guy friends tend to like, and a lot of guys like, they're like, we love Doris's voice. Mm-hmm. And her voice is a little bit higher than Doris's. Okay. So, okay, whatever. But they're like, I don't have a problem with the broadcast at all. She knew everything. She understood everything that was going on, so I don't know what the issue is. So a lot of them just started to go in on those guys saying, it probably comes from the fact that they believe a woman's place is X. <laughs> and they think that this is more of a sanctity towards men mm. and only men should be playing in this arena. And that's sad. That's actually really sad to me. And that's unfortunate. 
because because to me this goes right into the the reasons why there's so much equality in the workspace i've been looking these things up and it it actually it it hurt me more than anything to see what was happening with even minority women than just them so even college educated minority women they're not be, they're not given a chance to actually have those higher ranking jobs and a lot of this is male play and etc like males only want to see other males there but once you start to look at the money for every for every uh on average white males make around 32 dollars an hour with a college degree whereas black women made around 22 for those same jobs that is extreme and that tells me a lot of what i need to know there um however on the flip side, white women were making 80% of that amount that white men were making versus the 70% black women were making. There's just a disparity with women in general. Now, there's even more of a disparity if you're a minority, clearly, but that tells me a lot about how men view themselves over women at all times. And that's sad to me. It's sad. And it's going to just continue the way it goes because nobody calls it out and by nobody i mean specifically men don't call it out men need to be the reason and the change behind these things you can't rely on just women to prop up other women men have to step up and if they don't this is going to be a habitual cycle would you really want that for your daughter would you really want to raise your daughter around this male dominated patriarchy saying that only men can be in these positions of power or do you want the world to to be viewed for her as a place of full full a place full of opportunity like what do you want for her i i will say that in the espn case and the monday night football case i think that lately sports has exposed um sports has exposed everything about its viewers okay with these cases in the way that if it doesn't affect you, if it doesn't apply to you, you just don't even care about it. You don't even want to see it. So the people that watch ESPN, maybe they don't want to deal with a woman on Monday Night Football because that's their time where they can get away from their own woman. That's sad. And yeah, that is sad. But I, I feel like sports as a whole, watching sports is the type of activity that most guys do with their boys. And it's the time that they can get away from their wives, their girlfriends. They can have their guy time. So seeing a woman in a position that they're normally used to seeing a man in interrupts that. And that distracts distracts them. And I'm saying that so sarcastically because clearly I don't believe that myself. So do you but, think that that same mindset, not saying that you agree with it, but mm -hmm. that same mindset translates into the business world where they're, they're, they feel like it's more of a distraction or they can't handle it? I, I think that a lot of men have an issue with seeing women as equals, especially if they are the ones that usually run the industries that we see, where maybe 80% of the workforce at a particular company is women, but who's on top? It's the man. And how long has it been that way? For forever. So now you want to re roll reverse and you see a woman on top now and you don't know how to handle that. That's true. And it almost goes back to racism. You see a, a black person doing something that normally you see white people do or another race does. And now it's like, I think about the whole Jackie Robinson thing, being the first black baseball player. And um, I read this article about 
how 70 years ago when he visited Philly, he got so much hatred from the Philly players and the manager that Philly itself decided to name April 15th as Jackie Robinson Day. This was just last year. 70 years later this happened because they felt so bad about what he went through as a black baseball player in their city. So when you think about these ideas of people not being treated fairly, it seems like a lot of people want to separate that from sports. And I think right. that's where you were saying to me earlier when we were conversing, ESPN is at this place where it's like a lose-lose situation for them. 100%. Because there's people that want politics to be infused into sports because they can see the connection. And then there's people that are like, stick to sports. This ain't about politics. I'm sorry. It is about politics. Because when you have... 73 point whatever percent of the NBA is black as far as the players go and 70% of NFL players are black as far as their players go and black people as a whole are being treated unjustly as we can see in the case of the football player um, Kaepernick? No. Or Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett, mm -hmm. where it didn't even matter that he was an NFL player who probably made more than the cops that tried to arrest him. It was, it was the fact that he was a black man. So when you see these black players go through their everyday life and their everyday struggles as a black man, separating the fact that they're making millions as a player that well, you watch thing, every most Sunday, people, most how, do you can't separate that. how do you expect sports and politics to be separated? I agree with you on that. This is an everyday life. You walk outside living as a black man or a black woman every day. There's no way that a black person can separate what they go through as a black person from anything else that they do. But the people that are watching ESPN, I would assume most of them are not black. <laughs> okay, in general. That's, right. that's general. Yeah, just in general. Most of them are probably not black, right. and they don't go through these struggles, so they don't see a point in kneeling. They want to call it unpatriotic. They want to call you doing something. But this but this is exactly, that goes, I love the fact you just made that point because that goes right back to what I was saying. Like, it's up to somebody else to actually stand up against that. So in this case, I'm saying guys need to stand up it's against up what It's up to the people in power. Wait, wait, yeah. that's what I meant. Yeah, it's, no, I like, agree with you. In the case of what was happening with uh, the woman sportscaster, like, it's up to men to be able to stand up and say, man, this is... Totally okay. agree with you. And on the flip side, with the Colin Kaepernick and the Michael Bennett and all those things, it's up to white people to be able to say, hey, yeah, things aren't okay. And this isn't, un this isn't acceptable. And if they don't actually do that, then nothing's ever going to change. This whole thing I is totally agree with you. And then you have people like Michael Rappaport who, who calls people out. And, and that's the thing. It's like, in order for anything to change, is not up to the the oppressed because the oppressed can only do so much right. so in jamel hill's case when she wasn't allowed to to do her show because of her tweet and espn calls one of her cohorts to fill in for her and he backs down and says no i'm not doing the show unless she's on it with me and then they call another black cohort cohort to fill in for her and they back down and say they're not doing it either as black people or as people who are oppressed in certain situations, the only thing that we can do is stand in solidarity. And that's only going to go so far, unfortunately. But that's the first thing that we need to do. That's that New, New Jack City mentality. We all we got. It's true. I literally passed by this dude on the street yesterday and he was on the phone having this conversation and I only caught this one piece of the conversation, which is gold. He's like, man, I don't know what they expect me to do. All I got to do is be black and die. Like, you know, that whole statement. But it was just so funny to me because being black 
is not just being black. It's about making certain decisions so you don't get killed. It's about staying it together when, when there's racism at your job or, or, or something that could be made as a bigger statement. And you have one choice, but you decide to do the unpopular choice, but it, it adds something to that solidarity, you know? We can only do so much. I mean, at the end of the day, whoever is running these industries, they have the bigger power. And they have to be the ones to step forward and say, this is not right, and we don't tolerate this, and this is not how things are going to be done. But until that happens, I mean, you're going to have these guys that don't watch, watch Monday Night Football. That's their loss. Who cares? You gotta, now you gotta, you got to pay attention to Twitter and find out the play-by-play on your favorite team because your team happens to be playing on that Monday, that day where that woman's commentating and you hate to hear her voice because you're annoyed because she's a woman. Like, wow, do you hate your mother too? <laughs> like, like, it's just crazy to me. It is absolutely insane to me. All right. Um, I think that was great. I, I feel like this is something we'll have to come back to because in my opinion, Most definitely. this is a larger conversation, specifically around women, quality, etc. I feel like there's a lot of ground to cover there. And hopefully you guys have enjoyed most of this. But before we go, we want to uh, we want to get into do's and don'ts. We're going to do do's and don'ts a little different today and moving forward. Um, one of us will do a do. One of us will do a don't. And today we'll start by me doing a do and Avia doing a... Do that do, boy. Do that do. Avia doing a don't. Um, <laughs> do, do that do, boy. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. you to do your do. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Let me start this. So, so ladies, I'm, as always, I'm always trying to speak to you guys as cordially as I can, but today I'm going to be a little aggressive with this, the do. Ladies, as a whole, most of you guys love to kind of be wined and dined, and as you should, because society tells you wine and dine is important. But, ladies, if you really want to get him as quickly as possible. I'm talking about get him wrapped around your finger. Wow. As quickly as you possibly can. Wow. Do find out the things that his mother, in some capacity, has done to, done for him <laughs> as a young man and try, just try, to do one of those things for him at any given time. Do. Find <laughs> out what is important to him that his mom has done, and I know y'all are gonna look at me like, "Oh, I ain't your mama." I Nobody, ain't about to be washing no, your drawers. Nobody's now. asking you to be his <laughs> mom, but find out those small things that he enjoyed from the time period that he was living with his parents. And I'm telling you, most of that stuff's gonna be the stuff that his mom was doing. Find that out and do one of those things. Trust me, you in there. You and that. I totally agree with that. Can I just make a comment right quick? <laughs> I totally agree with that. Um, from a couple of guys that I've spoken to that are African, their mom used to make the best jollof rice, or they do make the best jollof rice. So, girls, if you're dealing with an African, <laughs> you from Nigeria or Ghana, learn how to make jollof rice. Um, I'm currently learning. Uh, okay, there it is. All right. Just in case. All right. Um, my dumb is, um, <laughs> guys, you see a fine girl, you want to get her number, you want to chat her up, she tells you she has a boyfriend, whether or not she's lying, believe her, don't Dumb. pester her, don't say, oh, we could just be friends, she doesn't want you as a friend, 
if she actually wanted you as a friend, even if she had a boyfriend, she would have been gave her number out. I saw this great, great meme that says, ladies, if a guy asks for your number, take his phone and text Harvey to 90999 to make a $10 donation to the Red Cross. So ladies, if you're listening, this is what you do. Guys, if you're listening, if she says no the first time, leave her alone. You'll thank me later. I'm not trying to rebuke what she's saying. I'm not trying to go at it saying that you're not right. However, <laughs> persistence. However. Come on. Can I just uh, can ahead. I say this one thing? Persistence sometimes does work. Now, being annoying is different than persistence in my opinion. So, And most guys don't know the fine line between annoyance and persistence. So if you don't know, just leave it alone. Don't. Okay. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> well... All right. Well, that is our show for the day. Hopefully, y'all enjoyed that. The music is playing. <laughs> Jesus. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, hopefully, y'all have a good good night. And just like that, come on. Good night. Good night.